0: it's time for the bchl podcast here's your host jesse adamson
1: hey there welcome to the bchl podcast i'm your host jesse adamson the bchl is currently on pause right now due to travel restrictions because of covid19 so this week we are shifting our focus to the alumni specifically in the ncaa most conferences have started their schedule already And one of the hottest players so far in college hockey happens to be a BCHL alum. Former Chilliwack Chiefs forward and Penn State sophomore Kevin Wall is off to a hot start. He scored a goal in his first three games and he has four points in four games played so far this season. We caught up with the 2019 Carolina Hurricanes sixth round draft pick before their big series against the University of Michigan this week. Alright, Kevin. So you've uh, you scored a goal, in, or you did score a goal in the first three games of the season. Uh, you're averaging a point a game so far through four. Uh, what's been working so well for you offensively this year?
2: Yeah, I think with um, especially the guys that we had lost last year, I think there were some uh, bigger roles that we knew as a freshman class last year that we had to fill, and I think um, just being able to get on the ice more and you know having a I'm a little bit of a fire in your stomach after last year. I mean, season getting cut short like that, uh, it was, it was tough to see. And, you know, it felt terrible for the seniors. So it puts into perspective how, how short a season can be. So I think just this summer, I wanted to really work on my game as much as I could and get stronger in the weight room. And I think just, um, having a year of college on your belt, you start to realize the tendencies and how the game is played. So I think just sticking with the systems of your team, um, Really helped this year, and uh, you know I'm fortunate enough to play with some great guys like Connor McMenamin and uh, Arnie Tovety. So I think we're just uh, meshing really well together, and it's paying off.
1: Yeah, you you do have a solid group of, of sophomore players there, and and a few of them are from the BCHL as well. Uh, the guys that you came in with last year, Kenny Johnson, Mason Snell. Uh, do you guys naturally stick together and kind of have a connection there having faced off against each other uh, before in the BCHL and also coming into to Penn State at the same time?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, I knew Mason more than I did uh, Kenny. Um, uh, Mason and I played in the uh, prospects game when we were in BC. And then I uh, actually roomed with Mason last year, which was nice. You know, just coming from similar league and, playing against similar players so you have stuff to talk about but uh i wouldn't say that i just steered towards them um i think it's a freshman class as a whole uh we're very close with each other and you know we're always kind of hanging out and stuff especially being in the same dorm last year so it's really nice to you know get to know your class because i mean you're gonna be with them for four years so it's nice to uh be able to do a lot of stuff with them and create that connection right away
1: Yeah, speaking of familiarity with guys uh, from the BCHL, um, you guys are taking on Michigan this week, a team that has seven former BCHL players on it, including uh, Kent Johnson, who was the MVP of the league last year, uh, and and a guy you played against, uh, I know, for one year as well. Um, I know you haven't played against all the guys there, but does having that experience against at least some of them make it a little bit easier to prepare, knowing kind of what they're all about?
2: Uh, somewhat, I mean, uh, again, with with hockey, like, uh, I think, um, that's tougher to look at guys and how they usually play. I mean, we look at teams and the systems they run. So I think it's more preparing for a team rather than certain players. Um, we don't want to focus on any certain player in particular. I mean, we're all going to go out there. Lions are going to get, if you try and match, you may not be out there at the same time as other players. So, um, yeah, I think it's just it's more preparing for the team itself and uh, what they do offensively, defensively,
1: special teams, and just kind of stuff like that. Looking at the big picture here, um, I know you've, we've talked about your personal success so far this year, but uh, the team there, uh, you guys haven't won a game yet in the first four. But what um, looking ahead, what do you guys need to do to kind of turn it around here, uh, even, even though you're still so early in the season?
2: I don't think we need to do anything crazy. I think we just need to buy into our systems more. I mean, I think uh first game against Minnesota wasn't our best. I think we played a lot better the second night. Um, and then, I mean, playing teams like Minnesota and Wisconsin, we lost maybe five players total. Um, you know, it's kind of tough going right into it. But, uh, I mean, I think Penn State a couple of years ago was looked at as a team that's kind of, rebuilding or trying to make a name for themselves but i don't think that's the case anymore um we have expect expectations of ourselves um we hold ourselves to those high standards so i think you know we just got to buy into the system and i mean it's proven since last year you know winning big 10 regular season that what we do works and i think that we all need to
1: believe in that and just go out there and uh give 110 percent. so you only spent one season in the bchl uh in uh, 2018-19 with Chilliwack but you did make a large impact in the league you were top 10 in points and in goals as well despite missing some time with the injury uh, that you had that season so when you think back to that year uh, what kind of stands out to you and, and what memories do you have of your one season in Chilliwack
2: yeah I mean I I absolutely love the BCHL and Chilliwack especially I mean we had a great group of guys there um, a lot of skilled players as well like Harrison Blaisdell rather Brenda Moore and countless other guys. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, um, uh, living somewhere else is nothing new to me. Uh, I went to prep school, my junior and senior uh, high school. Um, you know, I'm used to being away from home. So I think it was an easy adjustment in that aspect. Uh, but as far as playing there, I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, a lot of guys that just, you know, loved coming to the rink every day and just wanting to get better and, uh, love to compete. And I think that's a big part of hockey is just wanting to compete, wanting to get better. Um, and it's easier to do that when the whole team feels that way. So I think we had a great group of guys and it just made coming to the rink that much more fun. And obviously we, uh, we did pretty well that year. So
1: I think just all in all, it was just a ton of fun. And, um, yeah, I just had a great time. So looking back again, uh, how how do you think that one season there and your your work with the coaching staff there in Chilliwack? How do you think that was able to prepare you for that next season and your first season in college hockey? Yeah, I think it
2: uh, it did a lot. Uh, I mean, working with Coach Maloney and um, yeah, uh, Coach Keith, I think it really turned my game around. I mean, um, before I was actually originally committed to Merrimack, and then going in there and just being able to put in the work and uh, like after practice every day, just doing whether it's one timers or other little stuff with the coaching staff. You know that stuff really goes a long way. It's what you do. Also away from the rink, and I think uh, even in the weight room too, just getting in reps and just doing everything you can to become a better hockey player. And I think if I really didn't have that season, I don't think I would have been drafted or here at Penn State. So um, I'm really grateful for everything that they did for me and making me the player I am. And as far as uh, preparing for college. I truly think there's obviously you can work out stuff like that, but you're not truly going to be prepared for it unless you actually like have your first game and maybe even season on your belt. Uh, It's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's completely different than BCHL. I mean, the speed is obviously much quicker and plays happen a lot different, but at the end of the day, it's still hockey. and You still got to make decisions on the ice.
1: So I think just the speed and um, making quicker decisions was probably the biggest part. Yeah. You mentioned the draft and your answer there. And, um, after your season in Chilliwack there, you were selected, uh, at the 2019 NHL draft in Vancouver, uh, Carolina hurricanes took you in the sixth round. Um, I, I know I was there that day. I don't think you were there that day. Um, but, uh, e- either way, can you just let me know uh, what that day was like for you and kind of how you found out the news? Yeah, it was
2: a pretty stressful day. If I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, no, I didn't end up going to the draft because I wasn't sure if I was going to get picked. So my um, family didn't want to spend the money on going out there. Um, so, yeah, I was actually home. Uh, and we were. I wasn't really watching too much of it. I didn't want to sit around all day and just be a nervous wreck just watching the TV. So I actually got out um, hung out with a couple of my buddies and just kind of waited to the later rounds because if I was going to go, that's when I thought I would go. Um, and yeah, I came home, started the sixth round, sitting on the couch with my my parents and uh yeah, and then I was just on my phone. Didn't want to really want to watch it. Um and then I just heard my dad shout and I looked up and I saw my name and it was just me a dream of it as a kid, hearing your name called and I think it's a a moment that I will always remember and uh definitely a surreal feeling.
1: And after that happens after you you do you, you know you've been uh, selected by the Hurricanes. Uh, who called you from the team and, and who kind of greeted you and, and welcomed you there?
2: Uh, yeah, it was actually, uh, I don't remember much of that call. <laughs> I want to say it was one of their player development coaches. Um, yeah, just kind of said welcome uh, and then uh, talked a little bit about camp and um, seeing if I wanted to go. Um, and yeah, just kind of, just, they just kind of tell you just enjoy the moment uh we'll keep in touch but you know go celebrate with your family and friends so
1: what have your interactions been like with the team since then I know development camp is always very quickly after the draft and and obviously there wasn't a development camp this year because of COVID but um since since that day and since you got selected what have your interactions been like with the big club yeah, so I've been talking with uh, Sergey Sampsonov, who was the uh,
2: forward development coach, and um, uh, he came to a couple games last year. But it's they try not to, you know, uh, bug you during the year as much. Um, they want you to focus on your own stuff with your own team. Um, but I mean, I'll get a phone call a couple like a couple times a week and just catch up, see how things are going, how I'm feeling. Um, and then just basically, if I have any questions, they usually watch the games as well, uh, whether it's in person or online. And then they'll give you feedback on the game. They try—I mean, they—they they try not to say too much. I mean, obviously, the most important feedback is from your actual coaching staff. So, um, yeah, they just basically just keep tabs on you, uh, make sure you're doing well, progressing, and make sure that you're in a good spot for yourself and for your development.
1: So, just looking back to when you did make that commitment to Penn State, I know you said you were originally committed to Merrimack, but uh, when, when the opportunity came uh, to go to Penn State and, and that became clear, uh, why did you ultimately end up choosing there? What was kind of attractive about that school to you?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, i actually toured Penn State a couple of years prior to going to DSHL, and I was in contact with them a little bit, and then I got quiet on. Uh, kind of quiet communication with them. And then, um, I mean, I, I love the school. I knew a guy from my hometown who went there, heard incredible things. And I mean, uh, just the, the school itself, the education, just, you know, once I walked on campus, I just, it just felt like home. So I think once, uh, coach Kodowski had reached out to me, it was
1: just a no brainer to me and my family. And, you know, I'm very happy with my decision. Last question for you. So, um, obviously you're, you're, off to a great start this year personally. Um, but looking ahead to the rest of the season, what are your, your kind of personal goals, um, for the rest of the year? And what do you kind of hope to accomplish uh, this year in your sophomore season there?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, obviously, um, I want to step into a bigger role this year. Um, I think I have so far and I want to continue doing that. Um, I think just, I wouldn't say I have any personal goals like, this amount of points or anything like that, but just you know, really become a well-rounded hockey player and uh, be tough to, tough to play against, but also um, you know, do get uh, some points and stuff like that. It's always nice, uh, but um, no, I think it's just more of a, you know, be a leader on and off the ice as well. Um, I think uh, our class is going to have a pretty big impact on this team. Um, I think we all believe that and. Maybe think we're just, just helping out maybe the freshmen as well, just showing them the ropes. And I know how tough it was last year, but now with everything going on, it's not a normal year. So I can't imagine what it's like for them coming in. Um, but also, yeah, just having a good year and um, getting to the Frozen Four. I think that's an, that's
1: a big team goal of ours. And, you know, we're striving for that. I think we have the, the talent this year to do it. All right, Kevin. Well, I know you have a big series against Michigan to prepare for this week. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much to Kevin Wall for speaking with us. And now moving on to our second interview, but first some background information. Last week, the Wenatchee Wild announced that they'd be taking a hiatus in the 2020-21 BCHL season due to the closure of the American-Canadian border, as well as current COVID-19 restrictions put in place by the state of Washington. Prior to last season, Bliss Littler had been the team's head coach since their induction in the BCHL, but he recently stepped aside and is focusing on general manager duties. We caught up with him today to talk about the team's hiatus, their outlook for next year, and his long career coaching junior hockey in the United States. So Bliss, uh, the unfortunate news last week was that the Wild uh, announced that they'd be taking a hiatus for the 2020-21 season. Uh I, I know it's it's pretty obvious, but what ultimately led to the decision for you guys to take a year off?
0: Well, boy, we I think we we kind of figured out um early in early in the summer that uh there we had to find like a plan B. Um and we're just hoping the border was going to open. But as each month went by, it, it just it became apparent that it was not going to open in time for us to play a regular season in the BCHL. Um, and so we moved on to a, a plan B. And we thought we were making really good progress about playing the five American WHL teams. Um, if they get going in January, we we really thought we had a a great opportunity to do that. That we had really good conversations, um, but with the latest round of uh, restrictions, where the state of Washington closed all health clubs, all gyms, and all hockey rinks, ice skating rinks, it made it impossible for us to keep training our kids because. Our kids showed up in early early October and we were playing, we, we called them uh, inter-squad games, but what we really did is we took our 20-plus players and we mixed them with 8 to, to 12 American Western Hockey League players that didn't have a place to play, and we drove over to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which their rinks are open for competition. So we were able to go over there and, and uh, play six games, or I guess we called them scrimmages. Uh, but when they they announced these restrictions, it it just it made it impossible. There was no path going forward with the border being closed, uh, the the no place to practice, no place to train. It took the options that we had, um, and it 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 just it told us there's no path. It, we have to find a place for our players to go. Let them develop elsewhere, and and uh, we're gonna have to start working on next year. So, like it was very painful having to tell the players. It was very painful watching the players leave. And, um, but for the most part, uh, we, we've almost got everybody placed, and um, you know, we had to, had to do the right thing by the players, I guess.
1: Yeah. what what are those plans for the players? I know there's, there's some other options in the U S obviously a lot of them can't cross the border and come up here with the closure. So where are most of those players going to end up this year?
0: The the, the majority will end up in the North American hockey league. Okay. Um, You know, we had lost uh, 12 players from last year's team that came to camp this summer Um, and we're all expected to come back here in the fall. And when the border didn't open, um, all of a sudden the North American league and the USHL started, started their camps. Um, we lost, we lost 12 of those kids to those teams. And so instead of having 15 returners come back and expecting to be one of the back to being one of the the elite teams in the league, um, we got really young, uh, is what we had to do. And, and so having to place those players now, you know, we had 20 here, I think, and we did have, I think there are five that have gone back to their old midget programs. Um, and we placed most of them in the, the The rest have gone to the North American hockey league, but we still have a couple that we're working with on um, where they'll end up. And uh, you know, the, whether they're a dual citizen and maybe can get across the border um, or, uh, you know, there, there's, there are a lot of places in the United States that have shut down too. Like about half of the North American league, they're not playing right now. Um, and about half of the USHL there, a lot of their games are being canceled and postponed. So it's, it's really hard right now to, um, for a player that's been out here, we get shut down. They want to go someplace and they know they're going to get to finish the year. And with a lot of leagues being partially or fully shut down, it's it's, it's making it a little bit more difficult. But um, in the end, we'll we'll have place for for all the kids to go, and uh, they'll get better, and and we'll we'll have to start over.
1: Yeah, so uh obviously making that announcement was was pretty tough, but have you gotten any feedback from, from fans or, or the community on um kind of how they feel about it and, and what their thoughts are going forward?
0: Well, I think I think that in our press release that we we uh made a lot of feel people made a lot of people feel better, our fans, uh just to understand that David White is is an owner where he he let people know that, hey, the Wilds aren't going anyplace, that uh, they will be back, and um, they let people know that he wasn't laying anybody off, that the staff would immediately start working on getting better uh, for next year. It, um, even though it's a tough time to sell right now, it'd just be more planning and, and a challenge to our staff. To We feel we have one of the best shows in junior hockey, but we've challenged them already to um make our light show better, make everything we do make it better. We need to increase season tickets, increase corporate and uh do a better job with in between period entertainment do a better job with our music, do a better job with the video um and then yet same thing with the coaching staff the hockey operations it's it's just do a better job um we all we feel we do a a a very good job right now, but uh you look at it in a positive way it's it's a chance to to get out and see a lot of younger players and unfortunately it's gonna be hard with so many leagues shut down or partially shut down to find some veteran players that maybe you can you can get to come here that might be in the North American League or the USHL when they're not playing it makes it much more difficult to recruit that way so we're, we're probably gonna to have to just do a better job recruiting younger players. Uh, that are playing midget hockey and, and that, that's what we're doing right now.
1: Yeah. You mentioned, um, just because you, you, you have had to release your roster for this year. So you're essentially starting over next year. Um, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, kind of, how does that affect your, your off season compared to a normal year where you'd have, uh, at least a small group of returning players?
0: Yeah. You know, he, it's, it's interesting
1: that, you know, most
0: years, you, you know, we kind of hope we get eight, eight players back, um you know you're going to move a lot of players on to college every year uh you know we've kind of been in that last couple years where we've done a really good job of that we've only had five or six kids uh return and and this year you know we had 15 that we thought were going to return and um so it it definitely uh it, it changes your thinking um on how you put things together and um yeah, we, we you know we we've been out quite a bit uh this fall. I bet we've been out five different weekends um from Columbus, Ohio to Minnesota to Arizona to to Texas to, to watch a lot of the midget programs that are going. And right now that's getting more difficult too because more and more states are closing down. Um and there's there's less and less hockey being played. So um, we thought we better get out there before they do shut down and, and uh, you don't get to watch any. So, um, you know, we're, we're hoping that with the vaccine, hopefully it's available end of next week or, uh, or the week after that, um, you know, right now it's, it's crazy how bad the numbers are, but it it looks like it's just a a, a matter of time and, and things are going to start getting better. And um, hopefully uh, the leagues all open up and everybody gets to have a, have a, a, a good season from, the holidays on and we'll be able to recruit that way. Um, But if not, we've been, we've been getting out a lot right now.
1: Yeah. Before we we move off the topic here, um, obviously from, from the press release and from chatting with you, you guys are are very hopeful and and positive uh, looking towards the future and for next season. So um, do do you have a message for, for wild fans or or even fans of the BCHL when it comes to to your club and, and the outlook going forward?
0: We'll be back. Nobody needs to feel sorry for us that we'll be back. Um, we're, like I say, we're excited. Uh, you know, it, 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 no doubt it's tough, but we, we've we talked as a, as a staff on the business end and a staff on the hockey end that um, stay organized, keep the energy level up, be enthusiastic, get excited about what we're doing. It's, it's an opportunity as an organization to flat out regroup, look at what we're doing, what can we do better, and, and, and really just flat out get better. Now, we can't control that we're basically an expansion team. Um, we we can't control that. So it does no good to complain about it. Um, we need to, whatever the rules we have to play by, we have to play by them and uh, get the best players we can. And again, we've been in the league for five years. Our expect, expectations are being... One of the best teams every year, and um, we definitely have our work cut out for us.
1: Just want to <coughs> excuse me. I just want to shift gears here and, and kind of get into your coaching journey and and what kind of brought you to to the BCHL and the Wenatchee Wild. So I know, uh, looking at your resume, you've been coaching competitively for a long time since around the early nineties. Um, just uh, first things first, how did you get your start in coaching?
0: Um, I finishing up college and. Uh, there's a junior team in my hometown in Minot, North Dakota that played in the Saskatchewan junior league. And, um, I got asked to help, uh, as an assistant coach, um, in back at that time, you know, most you know, the staffs were tiny. It was, it was a lot different than it is now. Um, but I was just finishing up school and, uh, you know, I got involved that way and did that for, for a couple of years. And, and it just happened that, uh, they started a new junior A-League in the Rocky Mountains um, that eventually morphed into a division of the North American Hockey League. I, so I spent seven years out in Billings, Montana. and um, spent I think I was in, in the USHL for 13 years as a head coach where I, I had a, an expansion team that I put together in Topeka, Kansas and moved on to... Carney, Nebraska, with the Tri City Storm for five years and then spent four years in, uh, with the Omaha Lancers before coming out here. And, um, I, we spent, uh, three years in the North American League and I was just thinking about moving back to the USHL or, or a college job. And, um, the opportunity to have the wild play in the BCHL was very exciting. And, uh, you know, I got to spend the next, five years in the in the in the bchl and it's a great fit for the wild uh great fit for my family um it's a great place to live beautiful community um you know and really the the, the, the big thing about staying here is is in junior hockey um the programs that have success year after year really it starts with ownership and in my 27 years as, as a head coach um work and I, I I think I'm on year nine. This might be year ten with uh with David White and um, David White it's just flat out the uh his ownership group it's it's just the best group I've ever worked for. Um he gives all the tools for the players to be successful and uh you know what it's it's just been a great working environment, good staff to work with. Um it's fun to come to work every day and um you know we just it's 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 been a place that I never thought I'd be out here more than a year or two, and um, like I say we're going on year year nine, I think, out here. So really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I, w- I want to get into that uh, that start in in Wenatchee in the transition to the BCHL. But first, I just wanted to ask, um, with a, with a resume that long and with being involved in coaching that long, obviously you have a passion for it. So, uh, what is it about coaching and, and uh, working with young players that you enjoy so much and, and kind of drives you to to keep going with it? Um, you know, it's the it's
0: practice it's the practice part and the development part watching the kids grow up having a tiny part in in helping them chase their dreams uh that's the exciting part the going to practice every day um watching the kids get better but but watching them grow up sometimes you get a kid in as a 16 year old and he leaves as an 18 or 19 year old you know he comes in as a boy and he they leave as young men and um you know sometimes you you stay in touch with those kids sometimes you fall out of touch for you know 3 4 years and then all of a sudden you um the relationship starts again they 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 get into coaching or they have young kids and um it's just so you get you, when you really think about it it comes back to the relationships that you you build with the players over the years that's it's just really exciting and i think that's what drives most coaches that is is the relationships that you you end up developing with the players and watching them develop it, the wins and losses they they those definitely uh, come and come and go the the wins don't stay with you that long the losses kill you they your stomach turns until you win again but uh, the development part the relationship that's definitely the best part
1: so you took over uh, the Wenatchee wild in 201314 as you mentioned you guys were in the North American League. Uh, and then in 2015-16 you joined the BCHL. so I'm just curious what that transition was like and um, did you I, I know you kept a lot of the roster, but um, did you did you turn over most of the roster that you would have normally turned over? What was that transition like into the BC League?
0: Well, when you're in the North American League, the in the United States the kid's goal is is always to play in the USHL. And so our better players probably would have left for the USHL, but the BCHL has has such a good reputation that uh, the majority of those players all wanted to stay. That um, we we're very fortunate. I, I think we had thirteen or fourteen um, kids that stayed, and so and we didn't know. I mean, like I I remember sitting at the first. Uh, uh, League meeting I went to. One of the coaches asked. He said, "Well, how many of those junior B players on your team do you think will be able to play in the BCHL?" And I had to bite my tongue. Um, I didn't say anything. And um, all of a sudden, you know, we come. You know, the next year, we're a pretty good team right away. And uh, you know what? um, Being able to start a team with a lot of good players and a lot of older veteran players, it definitely helped. Um, you know, you, where, where you're starting from ground zero, um, especially with the rules that are in place with the Wenatchee, where you have to have 15-year players from come from the states of Washington, California, Colorado, and Arizona. Um, no doubt, if we would have had to do that, it would have been awful tough to, to have the success that we had our first three, four years.
1: Yeah, well, with that success came uh, just your third season in the league. You guys won the league championship, the Fred Page Cup. Um, obviously, that's, that's uh, I'm sure, a great memory for you. But thinking back on that season, what do you remember about that? And, and what was it like uh, on that journey to the championship?
0: Well, it was real interesting because the year before, um, we won the regular season, and we felt – what, however, style, whatever style somebody wanted to play against us, it didn't matter. You, you couldn't scare us. Skill wise, um, it didn't matter. We felt that the second year we were the best team. That I think we went through. We were in the mainland division, but I think the the twelve games we played against the uh, the interior. I don't think we lost a game. I could be wrong, but I don't think we did. we were we're just really good. And then we, uh, we got the first round of the playoffs and the the last game of the regular season, we didn't have any, uh, affiliate players at the time. And so we only, we only had 13 forwards. We had one who was hurt in season ending before that. And, and basically what happened is in the first playoff series against Prince George, we had four forwards that got hurt that were, they really couldn't come back, and then we—I don't—I I think we got—we might have been swept, um, but we went five games against Chilliwack, uh, and we we end up getting beat um, in the second round. And it's just you know we had we had eight forwards left, and that's basically we we just didn't—we kind of ran out of bodies, got a little unlucky, and and uh, so we weren't expecting to come back the next year. Well, it just happened that a couple of kids that were planning on going to school. Um, the school said they're gonna leave for another year. So the seven or eight returners we had, we had they were the right returners. And we started a little bit slow. Um, but as the season went on we were better. And no doubt that year Penn kicked and was they're the best team. And I thought they were the best team by a long ways. And we had an amazing six game series with with Vernon. That they, they started out they went up two nothing on us. Uh, they were the two seed, we were the three seed, and, um, you know, we came back and won that series, um, and Trail ended up upsetting Penticton. Um, and then we, you know, we had good luck with Trail all year, and I, I think we won that series in in five games, and, and uh, you know, we had a, a, a good series against, against, uh, PG, which was, which was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, but by the end of the playoffs, we were a really good team. And by the time we got to the, um, by the time we got to the national tournament, I mean, we went through the, the round Robin part. Um, and I think we we're by far the best team and we ended up getting beat where we out. I forget who beat us, but it was an Ontario team, I think is Wellington. Where we beat them, I think seven one, and then a couple days later, we we get beat by them two to one. Where I don't know if they even got the ten shots. They had a couple breakaways they scored on, and um, a little unlucky. And we didn't have a we didn't have the chance. I think most people were expecting us to play Chilliwack in the finals, and it didn't happen. And that's that's just how sports go. But it was a that that year was a it was a great experience, and um, our fans loved it. You know, but. It's it's funny where when you'll talk to uh, Coach Clark that um, a lot of those those teams from year two and year three they they still have their text groups going and um, those guys they they still stay in touch where uh, you know they're just close teams I think some of that is as much travel as we have that our teams usually get better as the season goes on uh, just the amount of travel the amount of time they spend with each other on the road so. I think that's one of the things that most people think it's a huge disadvantage. It, you know, we've kind of turned that into an advantage on on how tight you can you can get here.
1: Last question for you, and I I know I've kept you long here, so I appreciate your time. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, this past season, you you stepped down as the head coach of the team and are just focusing on the general manager role now. Uh, Chris Clark, who you mentioned was an assistant before, is now the head coach. Uh, what what ultimately led uh, to that decision for you to step uh, step away from the bench and just focus on the GM role
0: well we have we have four development teams a U18, a U16, a U15, and U14 teams the 18s and 16s are full-time billet programs the 15s and 14s are weekend only that we we uh, we run those teams um in here, again, I, I don't make all the sales calls, but I, I oversee the business end. Um, so we're, you know, I think probably Fred Harbinson would be, him and me probably have, do a lot of this same stuff where you oversee everything. You don't actually probably, you're not making, um, this, the sales call to, uh, to Costco or, or, uh, you know, you're not doing some of that stuff, but, you know, sometimes you, you would buzz out with them and if the if client would want to see you. But um, so, you know, we just there's just a there was a lot going on. Um, I just wasn't sleeping very good. Uh, you know, that was, you know, so I you kind of feel bad where you say it's a health health issue. But I went for about three months where I was getting two to three hours of sleep. And I went in for a checkup. Um, yeah, I was going to do the blood work and they said, you know, you're It's 16 days. You you have to do it within two weeks. And for some reason I walked across the hall from where you get to the lab work to my doctor's office and I asked to see him. They said, well, you're, you're not scheduled for this amount of time. I said, well, could you tell doc that I haven't slept more than three hours in three months? They said, sit down. And they got me in and, you know, it was just it was. I was very fortunate that I was able to talk with uh, David White, the owner here. And um, you know, it, it was they didn't say you can't coach. It just they said, hey, can you get something off your plate? We got to get you sleeping. And it, it took a little while to get me sleeping. And and you know, it's just maybe just not not really sure why. I just I wasn't able to 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 get sleep. And I, I was worried that with that that, uh, some other health issues could arise. And, um, so right now, you know, the plan is, is to, is to stay as a general manager and, and oversee things. But at some point, I'm sure I'll coach again. I, I don't know when, but at some point I'm, I'm sure that I will. Um, but right now, uh, I've kind of shifted gears and, um, I've gotten more involved on, on the business side, more involved with, our, our coaches and, and, uh, just helping, helping develop them as, as, coaches and, um, working even closer with our development teams to, to help their coaches and, um, just to make sure that, uh, the budgets work in relationship with the building, just, just everything. I've just kind of shifted gears for right now, but at some point, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that, uh, I'll get back but behind the bench someday. Again, I'm fifty-four years old. So I've 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 got a few years, you know, another ten, twelve years that I, I'm sure I'm going to work. And at some point I'm sure that I, I probably will coach again, but I, I just don't know when.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad you uh you decided to prioritize your health there. I'm I know that was a, a great decision on your part. And uh thank you for for taking the time for chatting with me today. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know what?
0: With having with having Chris Clark here he's, hes he's been here all 12 years that they've had a team and um, Chris I, I know that he wasn't going to come in and, and change how we play that I think it's important that when plays a very offensive style of hockey I think how we treat our kids how our kids behave in the community I think the culture that's here um, Chris knows that and I I, I believe in what he's what he's going to do. So it was really easy on that part. Cause I knew that Chris would, he'd come in and he'd do a great job with it.
1: Right. Okay. Well, thanks bliss. I really appreciate it and uh, all the best to you and, and good luck with you guys uh, starting over again next year.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: And that'll do it for this week's edition of the BCHL podcast. Thank you very much to our two guests, Kevin Wall, sophomore from Penn State University, and Bliss Littler, the general manager of the Wenatchee Wild. Also, another big thanks to our producer, Greg Ballack. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in this week. We'll chat with you again next time.